Hi, before we get started with the episode, we just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. That's Disappod like Disappoint. So there's one S and two P's. Well, thanks for tuning in and let's kick off the episode. Here we go. <laughs> Ready? Let's let's blue skidoo. Hello, everyone. Right. Oh, hey there, world. Oh. Uh, hi. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the show. You can't disappoint a podcast. Episode ten. Yeah, we're in the double digits now. We're like really in it now. Mm-hmm. We are. We are. We are. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, we're in this for the long run now. Know, You're like, we're... oh, I'm sure after four or five episodes, these dudes will give up. But we're here. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, and we anywhere. did, but we did not stop recording. So, <laughs> with that uh, said... I'm Zach. And I'm Fival Goes West. You know, I only have slight memories of the American Tale films. That's probably for the best. Um, I watched I and went enjoyed back... them, I remember, but they weren't like a staple of my childhood. Uh, see, I went back and watched the first one again, which was a mistake because I watched it with my brother and sister, and I'm sobbing uncontrollably as one does when they watch the first American Tale movie. And those two little children, nothing. Dry eyes. They're monsters. I decided then. I feel like that's pretty common because I definitely didn't cry at stuff when I was younger, even though I loved movie and TVs. So now I cry at anything. I think I've always been a crier. I <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, it's real unattractive. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 my kryptonite. You know, my 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 constant crying. All of these episodes start out at about two and a half hours, and once I cut out Steven sobbing, we're, we're left with <laughs> what you're presented with. <laughs> the show's just getting shorter and shorter too, so it's just yeah. more and more crying. <laughs> so how are you, buddy? What's up? What's new? What's oh, shaking? You know, bacon? um, just tripping the life, fantastic. Okay. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one too. Last week we talked about the upcoming episodes and I listed this one as being like the lesser of all the good ones coming up. But this one smacks. Hot opinion, I think this is my favorite episode of the season so far. I am not inclined to disagree with you. I think that this is definitely up there for me, top 2, top 3 in, yeah, in the I conversation. Yeah, I get it. If intro to statistics or debate 109. Or mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, a couple of the others were your favorite. But this one was just so funny. Yeah, it, it, it was there were really so good, many things. and I enjoyed I had a smile the whole time. time. And all of the subplots in this episode are really good. And we've said that a lot lately, but I think this is the best at it so far. Yeah, I think this episode for me loses uh, 
a couple of points, like in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But I think for the most part, it's a very consistent, very funny episode. And especially where they don't necessarily need a heavy hitting episode to come through. Mm -hmm. Um, This is kind of like really solid. Well, I'm excited to dig into it. Uh, Something, I don't know, something off the wall that I kind of wanted to talk about that I just realized. I am so disconcerted in town lately with all of the opposition to mask wearing. And the people not taking the pandemic seriously. So, I don't know. I feel like public service announcement, put your masks on. Yeah, it, it, here's the thing. I'm, if you didn't know watching this, I'm a professional like dance instructor. Like, that's what I do for a living all day, right? And I have to wear a mask the entire time I'm teaching and dancing, you know, the whole mm-hmm. time, working up a sweat. And I'm just fine. My My breathing is fine. I mean, does it get a little hot? Yeah. Do I, you know, step away and breathe a little bit when there's no one around me sure but anytime there's anyone near me i have a mask on Mm. and that's to keep you know the people around me safe i absolutely do the same thing and mm -hmm. i don't know so in indiana they the governor just put the mandate that masks are required super late but it's good that they're doing it better late than never i suppose and i shared that article on facebook which has just become a wasteland of conspiracy theories and misinformation and it's very sad and i share something like that and it's just immediately met with people being like oh this is so sad and it's not about the masks wait a couple (laughs) months you'll see what i'm talking about and someone's saying oh well masks are just meant for like sterile environments and stuff like that it's like (laughs) dude it's this simple no if i'm wearing a mask or if you're wearing a mask the spit when you fucking talk isn't going to fly into my nose. It doesn't matter if it's sterile. We still have germs. You can't avoid everything. But that's a huge way this disease is spread. And if you wear a damn mask, I'm not going to suck spit with you anymore. It's, It's crazy because every other country, for the most part, you know, in the world that is wearing masks, it's it's disappearing like it's there are no new cases because people aren't spreading it the same yeah well it's just this country especially now we politicize everything and i can't say that i don't also do that because it has become political and i feel very strongly about my inclinations but i don't know it's just messed up dude yeah i just seeing on facebook people adamantly like arguing against masks and like saying like well i'm not going to be wearing mine and i'm like good grief like okay stay home like i can't believe that walmart's gonna make me wear a mask i'm like you should probably wear a mask inside of our walmart anyway but yeah we probably should have been for years just yeah (laughs) just put on a mask it doesn't hurt you and it does some good and whether you like it or not it's becoming closer and closer to being a rule now so just go with it yeah i mean i think that we should let a, a little more science into our environment don't you zach i don't get it (laughs) john oliver this week on uh last week tonight did a really great piece on conspiracy theories and why they're so popular right now why they've gotten to the point they've gotten to why people need them and why they're dangerous so oh i might have to to go check out if you are interested something else great to check out if you're interested is this episode of environmental science oh communities hi we love you. Follow them on Twitter if you're not already. <laughs> I thought you were going to say communities and then you said the name of the episode and I was like, oh, well. 
Excuse, excuse me. I'm cutting that for sure. We're talking about the 10th episode of the first season of Community, Environmental Science. It was directed by Seth Gordon. It was written by Seth Rogen. Damn it. (laughs) Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this one? Did you not watch it? You should know if Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in it. Ah, you can't tell. Sometimes they put prosthetics on his face, so. (sighs) We're (laughs) talking. Environmental Science, Season 1, Episode 10. The show Community. (laughs) It was directed by Seth Gordon, who this was his only directing credit. Um, He also directed episodes of The Office and is well-known, but this is the only episode of Community he did. And it was written by Zach, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Galifianakis. Paez, P-A-E-Z. He only wrote one other episode, which was this season, The Science of Illusion. Mm. And it originally aired on November 19th, 2009. Hey, we're uh, we're approaching Thanksgiving time. We're approaching in, in world. We're approaching a decade from what it is right now. That's crazy. That 10 is years. crazy. That, great math, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's talk trivia. Hey, what let's do it. I, I have, have I have four this week. I have four as well. You go first. Okay, all right. I'll start you off with the softball. Okay. Where did Pierce say he took a computer class? You said that was a softball. I do not remember that line. Oh. I do not remember that line. Ah, well, he he took that class at the Apple Store. Oh. And there was a woman oh. with Yes, some it was when they were reading Mazana's... Spanish homework. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What did you say, like gargantuan or something like that? Sorry, world. Uh, my first question, and this is, since you threw your softest, I'll throw my hardest I can muster. Um, as many as you can name, what were the different phases of Chang's essay assignment? Oh. Like, how many pages and what for? So, this was a question of mine as well. Okay. And the first one was a one page, entitled Annie's Mistake. Yes, it was. The second was a two-pager entitled The Consequences of Questioning Authority. Absolutely. Then Shirley earned them six pages on ignorance, Mm -hmm. and then, of course, finishing with 20 pages on (laughs) ass-kissing. Good job. Yep. That's good, good, good. All right. Okay, so that was one of yours. Do you want to throw me another one? Sure. Other than rats, what else does Troy avoid because they're unpopular? That's one of my questions, too. (laughs) Lakes and centipedes. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> I still have two more, so I'll throw one at you. Okay. Um, in the concert at the end of the episode, what is Starburns eating when he's standing amongst the crowd? Ooh, um, was it like a bowl of frozen yogurt or something? That's pretty close. It to me resembled a banana split. Ah, okay, ice cream, frozen yogurt. You know, pretty close. Good guess. Right. You got one more. I have one more. Okay. All right, this is a, a toughie. I think okay. you can get this one. Okay. What is the final essay that Chang assigns to Jeff called? Oh, man. You know, I wanted to listen to it so I could write it down for your question, and I didn't write it down. Um, it was on taking advantage of the emotionally vulnerable. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, nice. I didn't think I was going to pull that out, but I totally did. Last one for you. In the end tag, what is the model of Abed's water gun? Ooh, Abed's was the Tsunami 3000, right? Yes, there's one other thing at the end of that. 
uh, 3000X or something like that? It's the Tsunami 3000 Anniversary Edition. Anniversary Edition. Nice. And what that was, was really Troy's? close. Troy's was like the dark... <laughs> it was like a couple of demon, letters. The DD, like the demon drencher or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't write that <laughs> one down. I wrote Obits down. This week, we're kicking off a new segment that I've been wanting to do for a while where you guys send in trivia questions to us without the answer to see if you can stump us. And now you'll get to see if we got your questions right or not. Steven? Okay. Question number one, um, and thanks, communities, for sending us some of these. Uh, What clues told Jeff that Chang was having marriage trouble? So how are we going to do this? How do we... You want to just take turns? Like, you answer one, I answer one? And then if, like, one stumps us, we can collaborate. Yeah. Um, Well, that was... uh, It was the picture frame that says, enjoy it while it lasts. And Mm -hmm. he was wearing the same shirt two days that week. Can you think of any others? Um, I'm thinking there was a third, but I don't know exactly what what that third would have been. Hmm. But those were the two that I remembered, for sure. Yeah, those are the two I remember. What's next? Okay, what professor did Jeff joke about hanging out with while with Chang? And that, I know this one. Yeah, yeah. that was, um, he said, don't worry, I'm not going to be, um, it was John Michael Higgins, but I can't remember his, uh, his name on the show. He said that he's not going to strip clubs with Professor Whitman. Whitman, that's the answer. And Chang said, you better not be. Better not be. <laughs> Hit yeah. me with another one. Okay. What movie did Shirley reference in her presentation? Uh, it was The Shining. Because yeah. she lifts up her hair and says, here's brownies. Yes. <laughs> okay, what did Pierce say would cause Shirley to die? And that one was locking her knees. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. you know, as Zach and I both having some experience in choir and stage things, don't lock your knees. Yeah, if you do it for a long time, apparently you can pass out. I haven't actually yeah. seen it happen, but I can, like, feel when I've done it for a while. Yeah, I've seen it happen before in, like, band things when somebody was standing on that, stage and locked their knees, yeah. That mixed with being overheated. Ooh, no good. I also want to add, as a side note to the Shirley movie reference question, Pierce also references uh, A Few Good Men when yeah. he says, You can't handle the moist towelettes. Good movie. All right, what's another one? Okay, the last one is, okay. I think uh, we can both kind of answer this, because we'll probably okay. have some different thoughts, but what was the central thing that Troy learned? I feel like there's a line that that question is referencing, and I'm not sure what the exact line is, but mm. taking that question a little more figuratively, I think that Troy learned how to be a better friend, because yeah. he was really mean to Abed for a lot of it, and I think he learned an important lesson. Yeah, I think that he kind of for the first time, sees friendship as a two-way street. And that's uh, a big thing for him because all through high school, you know, it wasn't that way. He didn't really have to do anything other than just be Troy, Troy the Wonder Boy. Right. You know? So are you ready to dive into this thing? I sure am. Let's get started. All right, we synced up. We got our Netflix up and we're ready to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a funny callback. We got to review this episode together as part of the season one rewatch. And that was a lot of fun. Recording that, though, we were trying to, like, talk and watch it at the same time. And I hadn't watched this episode in a long time. So I definitely needed to watch it this time. I There was so much that I... So much... Oh, yeah, sm- for sure. So I much small... <laughs> uh, 
I don't know, like, pe- the, the actors are really getting into the body language of the characters. 100%. The episode opens up with the Dean holding the tiniest baby little microphone <laughs> as he's speaking through a boombox like he tends to enjoy doing. I love a, a good Dean at a boombox making an announcement opening. There's so many funny lines throughout this, but basically he's introducing the idea that Greendale's having a environmental week where they're trying to bring awareness to climate change and trying to do some stuff to help. And something that listening to the commentary reminded me of that I actually remember this now is that NBC kind of had a thing for a couple years now, and I think they still might do it, where each of their sitcoms on like the Thursday night lineup would do a environmentally uh, charged episode. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that so this was mandated by the network a little bit. They don't really talk about it at all. They kind of poke fun at that a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, one that comes to mind is 30 Rock, the episode they did with David Schwimmer where he was Greenzo. He was like an environmentally yeah. conscious superhero. Well, I forgot about that. It's a good one. So he's talking about how it's going to be Green Week at Greendale, and that's when Pierce has a line about... Uh, you know, first they gave a month of black history, now seven days on the Irish. Yeah, that one I falls that a little flat for me, but, you know. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny, but any it's Pierce on brand line Pierce. can make one person laugh and one person <laughs> groan. Yeah. So I did not. So, wait, you thought the cross-burning line was funny, but this one was a step too far? I didn't think it was too far. I just didn't think it was very funny. Okay. It fell flat for okay. me. That's fair. Mm-hmm. What doesn't fall flat is this whole bit of him revealing the posters for the week and how they're changing the name to Envirodale for the week. That's so funny. Greendale College is becoming so earth smart that we're changing our name to Envirodale. But we're already called Greendale. It's a very funny joke. That was a good one. And the dean would be like, oh, we're focusing on the environment. I can totally see his rationalization of that yeah because he wouldn't even think like oh green he's like oh well let's 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 really get gung-ho with this <laughs> and i also like throughout this whole time while he's addressing everyone in the cafeteria there's like six people in the crowd that react they're like yeah okay <laughs> yeah this people, is when the dean brings up care. the rock and roll concert that's gonna be happening uh at the end of green week and he announces to everyone that they booked the band Green Day. Now, now, Zach, you you are as, as an avid Green Day fan. You know how excited would you have been if you know you got an announcement in the middle of your college lunch that Green Day was coming? I'd be pretty excited. Green Day totally sucks now, and a lot of people <laughs> have thought that they've sucked for a really long time. But I would I would have been really excited. I think it's very in tune to how people feel about them now how again the same like six people react and they're like oh yay like oh and cool the dean's like does that make you happy and starburn's <laughs> like no no not really I, I also think that there's no way that anyone in that cafeteria believed that the real green day was coming <laughs> if luis guzman was not going to show up for a statue about himself then i think the band green day most likely at least 10 years ago would have would have thought they were a little too good to show up for a community college's environment awareness week. Nowadays, they might show up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were still riding high off the Simpsons movie at this point. This is their comeback. I don't know if you... I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I don't have something to say to that, I guess. 
<laughs> the bit with the posters is really funny when the dean's like, "We have to, we have to fix these. They're wrong." And she's like, "Well, I already printed five thousand of them. Which why do they need five thousand posters? Where are they putting them? Just around the campus? What are they advertising? Yeah. It's not advertising the concert." No, it's just telling the students what he just told them by announcing it. But that classic Dean Pelton brand of trying to do the right thing, but instead really doing the wrong thing. When he's like, I'm trying to save a planet here. Print 5,000 more. <laughs> it's really funny. We don't we don't get enough Dean in the first season, but no. Jim Rash eats up every second that he's given. Yeah, exactly. What what we do get of the Dean is, is precious, precious time. Now we're in the Spanish classroom with Chang, and this scene is also very funny. It's great. I like that we get kind of a double cold open here. Yeah, they're having a test, and he, like, clicks a timer and says pencils down, and everyone puts their hands up after putting their pencils down. We are clearly seeing that this is something that's happened before where Chang, like, demands this dictatorship of how things are going to work. And, of course, Annie is the person who needs a couple extra seconds to finish writing whatever she's writing. Shirley even tries to nudge her in the right direction. She's like, Annie, stop it. <laughs> it's so funny how Chang just seriously, dead face, comes up to Annie and just drags her by the desk out of the classroom. Yeah, I was really excited that we got another, like, Chang versus Annie showdown. Because so far, they've all been absolutely hilarious, and it mm-hmm. kind of, you know, Chang tends to really go off when it comes to her, but I love that this time, instead of screaming, he just pulls <laughs> her straight out of the room without saying a word. <laughs> As he's closing the door, how Annie's like, I wasn't... Slam. <laughs> yeah, Chang is definitely a character that proves in later seasons and episodes to sometimes work so well, and other times be like, just a little bit of Chang goes a long way. Yeah. And this is the first episode that really focuses on him, and I loved just about every second of it. Yeah, I think it was really great getting this sort of Chang storyline where he's he kind of switches, you know, at the beginning of the episode he's very much the antagonist, like like oh, like he's giving them all this work, blah blah blah. And then, you know, he his kind you of see why. Yeah, exactly. And that's it's cool cuz it kind of humanizes him a little more when so far all the teachers in the show have been very you know eccentric or have something weird or strange about them yeah it kind of explains his eccentricities that we've seen all along and because of what's going on in his life right now it kind of explains why chang just continues to crumble as a man absolutely right it's just like you see why brick by brick (laughs) he's just crumbling but when he's in the classroom when he's teaching spanish he's a spanish genius and he's el tigre (laughs) El freaking Tigre. So I think when he goes into the classroom, he is a hard ass on the kids or whoever's in his class, and it's good for him, maybe? I don't know. He's able to, like, be something else for a little bit when clearly yeah, he he's gets a to kind of quite be pathetic charge for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He gets to be El Tigre when he's in that classroom and pretty much exclusively there. Chang keeps a totally straight face the whole time he drags out Annie and slams the door on her and, like, looks at the class, and everyone's like, what are you doing? There's a really nice little moment when, this is when he first says, I want you all to write a one-page essay titled Annie's Mistake. I think Ken Jong really gets to show that he has some chops in this episode. Hmm. And when he's saying, I want you all to write a one-page essay, he starts fiddling with his wedding ring. Oh, which I think is a really great that. that's really good acting choice. Yeah, cuz that's that's such like a subtle little like this is what's making me do this. You know, that's what's on his mind. Yeah. yeah. And go it 
it it's rewarding upon rewatch to see that they were planting those seeds. They always seem to be planting the seeds before they drop. Well done, community. Well I done. Know. You know, I'm really starting to think that this show is uh is, is kind of good. <laughs> Maybe a little better than we give it credit for. No, I think we give it enough credit. This whole show is just because we love it. If we're a little hard on it, it's because the show's still finding itself in these episodes. Yeah. But it's finding itself at this point. You know, it's starting to be community. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, you know, I think is now, you know, it's, it's moving along now. Yeah. This is where we get that really funny, rapid joke succession where it's everyone interjecting to Chang being an ass to the students and everything someone says just adds to a longer essay. Because, <laughs> you know, Pierce brings up a pretty good point. Like, why doesn't Annie have to write it? Yeah. <laughs> and they all bring up good points. Shirley's like, well, how am I supposed to write six pages? Because all you've taught us are like three words and phrases. <laughs> Which, Which is, is totally how it true. is in Spanish class sometimes. Yeah, you don't know how to actually form, you know, complete paragraphs. But then you're expected to for assignments. <laughs> Mayamo, smart cookie. Britta, for someone who usually tries to rebel, she takes the high horse and is like, oh, we're really sorry, Senior Chang. We respect you. Continue with your lesson. And that doesn't help either. More pages on ass kissing. <laughs> Due on Monday. <laughs> And that's when we get the cut to the theme song with the really funny cut to Annie, who is outside of the school now, looking at the class through the window, still taking notes after being kicked out. <laughs> that was great. This episode so well handles all of its characters. Annie and Britta don't really get a specific plot, but everybody gets some really specific character moments that are really fleshing out these people. Yeah, if I, if, if I had to give one big criticism it's that Britta really didn't have a whole lot to do but I didn't really mind which is which is good because I feel like Britta is one of the characters that you expect to have a plot line pretty much every episode yeah but even though she didn't have anything major they did a good enough job with all the other storylines that you don't really worry about it too much yeah I agree that Britta gets the shortest end of the stick but I'm sure that there are a few lines and moments throughout here that are very Britta of her yeah. So yeah, we get the little blurb of the theme song, and every time we just get the little wisp of it, it makes me a little sad. I want the whole thing. Yeah, we don't. We don't want just a, a sample size. We want the After, whole cannoli. Yeah, we want the Magnum theme song. <laughs> Magnum. Now we're in the study group, and this opens up a really funny runner throughout this episode of Pierce's. He's starting to question why Jeff has the power over these people why people think jeff is so cool and how come when he mimics it it isn't accepted the same way he has to there's that great little moment where it's like you know if senior chain gets any crazier he's gonna win one of those grammy awards <laughs> and everyone in the room just kind of okay while pierce laughs pretty hard at his own joke yeah I, I think that every time they do that in this episode where Pierce is, like, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what's, what's Jeff's magic, it, it landed so well. And I think it was really funny because no matter what, you know, was going on with the rest of the characters, Pierce is very much in his own kind of thought process, in his own head with it all. It, yeah. It, it, it was really funny. It's totally always been the study group is really tight-knit, and then Pierce kind of weaseled his way into it. <laughs> yeah, Pierce is there. <laughs> uh, something that I really liked about this episode that I noticed a lot in this scene is I think it was really well directed. Seth Gordon only directed this one episode, but I really like in this scene here, um, we see Troy and Abed are on the couch. They're stressing out about their biology experiment. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Annie walks in the room talking about Senior Chang, and the camera like follows each of them, and uh, it, it appears to just be one shot and yeah. goes from different levels, and I think it's really well shot and framed to where it's like all this is happening at once, and we're being introduced to these subplots, and I think it's done really well. Yeah, and I think anytime that can happen in a TV show, especially a sitcom, it, it stands out because it's like, oh, you actually are, are doing some cool stuff there. On the commentary, they totally blow wind up their own ass a little bit, talking about how when Community was starting, it was really the era of the mockumentary-style sitcoms, yeah. And those got really popular, and there are some really good examples of it. But as a like filmmaking style, it can be a little bit of a cheat sometimes. Because a character can look at the camera and show you exactly what they mean. Or you can cut to them talking <laughs> to the camera the and blanks. saying exactly what you mean. Community, they say they try to treat it like a movie every week. And they don't really have those storytelling cheats. It's just like these people are real and they're doing real things. And I like that. And they also say how the show and how it's built is pretty traditional, but then they do so many wacky, non-traditional things with their traditional setup. Yeah. It's really cool how some episodes really do feel like movies. And I think that's, like like you said, it's totally intentional. Yeah. And that is why they were able to make those such great homage episodes that feel so cinematic is because if you really pay attention to any episode, it's kind of cinematic. Yeah, absolutely. Annie walks into the room, and it's funny. She talked to the dean about Chang, and the dean said, well, nobody wants his job, so. <laughs> Which is true. Who wants to teach Spanish 101 at a community college? Right. You know, I Especially mean, like, like once I, you see Chang. You know Chang would, like, track down the man who got his job. I feel like well, he's, yeah, he's a lunatic. Want it. Yeah, he's unhinged. This also brings up Shirley's issue for the week. She talks about how she can't write this paper that Chang's put on them because in her marketing class, she's got a presentation, and public speaking makes her really nervous. And just as always, Pierce Cornelius Hawthorne, uh, <laughs> Jack she, of he all can trades. Help. He knows what to do. He's there. And Shirley, you can tell in her face that she's not so sure, but she just says, I accept. That's how messed up things are. <laughs> right, like fun. she's so far, you know, down this hole that she's like, I'll even accept Pierce's mm-hmm. help at this point. Yeah, and this great camera work in the scene, it pans over to Troy and Abed, you know, Troy laying on the table. There's some tension between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, they're behind on this biology lab, and it all stems behind that they have to take care of a mouse or a rat. I, I don't know if there is a difference between the two or what this one would technically be. They say <laughs> I think rat. this one's a, a... They say rat. Yeah. Uh, they don't really look like like real rats though no they, they don't like look super big see them yeah i think they they probably used mice also wasn't fievel a mouse yeah he absolutely was you're right yeah maybe maybe yeah. they were just being derogatory <laughs> towards the mice and maybe. referring to them as rats well they are unpopular they are yeah i know that's right we learned the whole crux is that you know troy's scared of mice but he's so masculine even though he's shown all the time that he's not that much you know <laughs> no. he has he can't like admit that he's afraid of him donald glover does some really great stuff in this episode he's just episode after episode like stealth killing every joke and every facial expression and every like physical movement that he can yeah there are so many times in this episode where he you know isn't the main like point of the scene but he just steals it because of of his commentary on what's happening and it's mm-hmm. so good I said it last week, and it's even more true, I think, for this one, that this episode is just filled to the brim with little moments and words and comments that are just so indicative of the community canon. You know, like, there's so many moments that are 
classic, like highly gift quotable moments in this episode that when thinking about the plot of this episode, I had no idea that like, I don't know, we'll get to it in a little bit, that this was like when the Dean says, I hope that doesn't awaken anything in me. Or <laughs> yeah. the pepper water in the end tag. There's stuff <laughs> like that that I love that I didn't quite know was from this episode. Yeah, I, I absolutely forgot the pepper water was, was this one. <laughs> That's one of the, my favorite end tags of all time. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. So the group is all frustrated about a lot of things. And at the at, I said crux earlier, but at the crux of it is because Chang is putting all this extra work onto them. So they vote to look at Jeff at the same time. <laughs> Jeff's been sitting texting on his phone and everyone looks at him and he responds as if he was listening. But then is like, I wasn't listening. What are you guys actually talking about? <laughs> Let's say he's like, well, you know, in a way, you're all, all right, right. <laughs> which is a pretty funny one. I I think, as funny as it sounds, even though he kind of, you know, they get mad at him, I don't dislike Jeff a whole lot in this episode. I think that he, especially, you know, as the episode progresses, really, and I think even at times, like early on, has people's best interests at heart. That yeah. the people just happens to be him sometimes. He's but... just still smarmy, and if something's gonna gonna help his own self-interest he is going to go that direction a little bit but the whole time he wants to do this for the group once they talk him into it which is what this scene is doing yeah and i agree i think jeff is likable in this episode and when he does things for his own self-interest it's a little more like ah ain't he a scamp instead of like this guy's being a dick exactly which that line especially early on i think he ends up on the wrong side of that teeter-totter sometimes but they've revisited all the time but he's becoming less of that archetype of the lawyer who was really good with words and weasels his way out of things he still does it but the character is more and more becoming joel McHale. yeah and it's all the better for it just like all these characters are becoming more and more in tune to the people who are portraying them which is good you want to see that over time the group wants jeff to go talk to chang to stop this uh talk about another pierce line what did you think of the uh you're the one with the silver tongue yeah you go tongue chang did that one get a laugh out of you or was that one lame no that one got a little laugh out of me I think that one's a little more lame. Yeah, I think it was an easy joke. Which Pierce is so, like I said, anything he says can go either way. Yeah, he it's throws a lot really of something a lot of that's pasta funny the if wall. you think about it. But the way he throws it out really makes you laugh sometimes, and really makes you groan some others. Yeah, because sometimes it's, it's exactly like you're in the room with them, and mm-hmm. and there's like a, a a coin flip on whether. Oh no. What the f*** just happened? <laughs> that was weird. Two of my soundproofing panels just fell down. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, randomly. Like, literally two. Like, these have never fallen or done anything. And two of them just fell completely off. <laughs> Are you good? Are we yeah. good? Yeah, we're fine. There's just okay. a little bit less soundproofing to my left now. Jeff pulls the the double whammy on them when he turns his words around to talking them out of, talking him into doing something. You know, he says, Guys, what makes you think I can convince Chang of anything if I can't even convince you not to make me do it? Well, I guess it sounds crazy. Jeff does raise a good point. I don't don't care. Wait, you are convincing! And Jeff really doesn't want to do it because, you know, he's barely getting a C and he knows that Chang is kind of a psycho and he doesn't really want to be buddy-buddy with him and he knows that... It might be a little dangerous if he gets too involved. Yeah. (laughs) Jeff then turns around and says, you know, if that guy got any crazier, they're going to give him one of those Grammy Awards. And everybody (laughs) laughs really hard. And like, you're hilarious. That's very funny. (laughs) What is it? The chair? (laughs) And what's funny is I actually did chuckle just a little bit when Jeff said it. I'm not going to lie. Right. And that's a really well-written joke and a really great return. And yeah, it's a great exchange. 
And that whole runner, like I said, of Pierce this entire episode, kind of trying to pick up some of the Jeff Winger charisma is pretty funny. <laughs> Annie calls him a handsome hobo. That's when she becomes the gravy train and she leaves the station. And it's chugga, very funny chugga. when Allison Brie lets herself get really silly. It's really funny. And yeah, Troy behind like her going, chuck, 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 chuck. ignore what she's doing. We are serious. Fine. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, and it's great because it's Troy saying that they're so serious. After that line, Jeff talks about suicide a lot. Like, a couple weeks ago, it was like, uh, and the next person who offers me help will be mentioned by name in my suicide note. Yeah, and that's this one, too. it's when you find my body, don't believe the suicide note. Are you doing okay, buddy? Is it yeah, because he's... of those faucets that got stolen or taken away from you? That must be it. I think living in his car for a little bit and then everybody finding out must have been a little hit to his yeah. his ego. I hope Jeff's doing okay. Maybe we, maybe we should keep a closer look on him. Yeah, he's on the up and up. He, did, he had a great showing at Debate Club. At what? Debate, Debate Club. Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did have a great showing. I didn't watch that episode, so <laughs> I don't really remember. <laughs> it was, it was um, great. There's a guy in a, in a wheelchair with a goatee. So now we get that iconic, most iconic of Dean moments. It's just this random shot that doesn't get mentioned again the rest of this episode because the Dean doesn't do a whole lot this episode. He's watching something really interested in it on his computer, and it flips to see it's like an animated furry-style Dalmatian who's ripped he looks great you know <laughs> as far as and dalmatians go the way jim rash delivers that mm. this better not awaken anything in me <laughs> and the way he like cocks his mouth a little bit and twists his face at it <laughs> this is the moment like we've had a couple of things where he implies that he's attracted to jeff or he says classic dean things but this is the moment where dean pelton really feels like he's dean pelton well I, there's just so many questions and i don't think i want answers to any of them clearly he's saying this better not awaken anything in me but the fact that it's on his computer screen shows that it's long been awakened yeah yeah i mean you don't just stumble upon that kind of video i've used the excuse that you do many times but you're right you're right <laughs> like <laughs> i knew what i was looking up <laughs> There's levels to that. Yeah, it's a really funny moment. And in the commentary, Dan Harmon mentioned that the network like said to them, like, we don't like this <laughs> about this part. And I understand why. Well, yeah. And throughout the rest of the series, and especially this season, the Dean's fascination with Dalmatians continues. And you'll see more and more Dalmatian stuff showing up in his office. Yep. Um, and it all really builds up in the season finale when he has two dates to the end of the year dance and it's two people <laughs> in Dalmatian costumes. <laughs> so they kind of like, the, the network didn't like the joke. So they were like, Dan said when something like that happens, he's so driven to change their mind and to make it a really funny joke and to show them that stop not liking things. Right, your opinions are wrong. I'm funny. <laughs> And Dan Harmon can come off as a bit of an ass sometimes. I'm sure he is a bit of an ass sometimes, but I think that drive helps make the show what it is. Yeah, and I think that you know a lot of times that kind of personality that he has is what makes his shows so relatable and mm -hmm. so fun to watch. A woman who we've seen earlier, she was the one with the posters, she comes in to say Green Day's here. And I'm sure some other fans would probably be like, oh, you don't know what character that woman is? But I'm trying to think, who do you think that lady is? Do you know what I'm talking about? I and I know who you're talking about, but she didn't look like anybody. That I was I trying recognize. to think, like, what is she supposed to be? Oh, she's like, like for the show, she's probably like his secretary or something. 
I don't know. It just was like she kept showing up and doing stuff. And I, I yeah, she like seems like she was like a receptionist or a secretary. That's probably what it is. Some sort of <laughs> so Green Day's assistant. here. The dean's really excited, and he walks out to see them. You can see the change of the dean's face, and I love how it. The camera pans up on the band that looks pretty close to what Green Day looks like nowadays. I mean, it, honestly, I they could pass. Just put some eyeliner on them and you're good. Yeah, that's all they were missing. And I love the, like, it's one of the community music cues, but they kind of added an extra, like, rock, like, grunge to it <laughs> as, it's, as it's showing them. Yeah. And the Dean's reaction to seeing them when he's like, okay... What's this about now? Is so funny. <laughs> it's like, we're Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate the spelling of their name. I like mm-hmm. the Gaelic, like, A-E sound. Yeah. Even though they were kind of forced to do this environmental episode, I love the way they poke fun at it and the jokes that they made because of it. So maybe it's a good thing they were told to do it. Yeah, thanks, NBC. I won't say thank you, NBC, very many times because... They're the reason that this beloved show of ours never knew if it was over or not. Yeah. I feel like NBC really likes to leave people in limbo. Every final episode of a season, from season three onwards, works as a series finale. They were always like, hey, could your guys' season finale this year, like, maybe sort of kind of be a series finale, just in case, wink, wink? And they're like, I guess. (laughs) We see Chang's office for the first time, and it's really decked out in some LT Grey stuff i i didn't notice on the very first watch through but the giant lt gray is definitely tapestry behind him is amazing they said on the commentary that when ken first saw this set that he was so excited and thought it was so funny the way they decorated it (laughs) that's awesome they were all like we've never seen anyone be more excited like about what a set looked like (laughs) so jeff is coming in to try to do his work on behalf of the study group and he chang literally says what are you doing here complaining about homework on behalf of the class (laughs) jeff is smart he somehow picked up on that chang is probably having some marital issues we talked about all the reasons that we're telling a little bit earlier chang's like you're not gonna get through this you're not gonna penetrate my armor and he's like did your wife leave you (laughs) chang's face was like holy it's just like baby face of just being so sad i know poor guy just watching him collapse it's it's poor guy but ken's acting of it is very funny yeah. Jeff talks about, you know, like I noticed you were wearing the same shirt. And as a lawyer, I was able to pick up on these little things, uh, like the picture of you and your wife with the post-it note that says, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> and I love even more that after Jeff explains why he knows these things, Chang just has a pause and says, we met at a salsa club. Hmm. And, um... She loved the way I danced. But, I mean, you know how it goes. Just get a job. Stop salsa dancing, of course I know. Ken's delivery of their story is very funny. It really is. And there so, are lines that didn't need to be hilarious, and he makes them hilarious. Go she, ahead. She, uh, she loved the way I danced. <laughs> uh, so I actually have a, a funny real-world tie-in to that. I actually went okay. on a date on Sunday with somebody who i met at a salsa club <laughs> you're two-timing me well listen you're, you're you're real far away zach i will run to you at any moment just would you make the call. how far 500 miles 500 more wow then you'd be the man who walked for a thousand miles and wound up at my to door show up at your door yeah 
I love, you know, Chang's like, you know, as you're with someone and you get older, you get a job, things change, you stop salsa dancing, and he just has to make it clear. He's like, make no mistake about this. I pleasured her greatly. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> just like, yeah, you look like you'd have to, and I'm not surprised you said that. Ken really takes advantage of the pauses that Chang takes, of this like crazy man analyzing whatever information has just been presented to him. And you just see his face, like, slowly smile into, I like you, winger. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, there was another episode that we did that was kind of a Jeff and Chang team up, wasn't there? Yeah, it, it was. the uh, Halloween episode. Yeah, when he was trying to uh, get with the teacher. And Chang was This episode does a lot more for them as a pairing, I believe. Yeah, it does. And, and it kind of builds off of that little taste that we got before. Chang pulls out the bowl of pickled bull testicles. And Jeff's response of, uh, are you offering or collecting? is really funny. <laughs> and, and I like that, you know, I feel like yes is the correct answer to both of those. Let's wrap about this. Would you try something like that? Yeah, I'll eat anything. For the most part, I feel the same way. I really like to try weird things, and I'll try anything once, and if I don't like it, I won't eat it again. Well, and I've had enough stuff that's, like, pickled that it just tastes like a pickle. Like, pickled Yeah, and you've had enough balls in your mouth that what's another one, you know? You know, I did used to, uh, when I was younger, always go for the family video gumballs because you could win the free movie, (laughs) and that would be what I would go for. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Uh, my grandpa really likes to go to this, it's like a Shriners club where like once a month or a couple times a year, they have like the Rocky Mountain oysters, which are bull testicles and they're fried on a sandwich. And my grandpa's always like, oh, you got to come with me. And (laughs) it's the type of thing that like, I would probably try it, but I'm not going to go to a place where that's like the only thing they're serving. You know what I mean? I don't want to go somewhere with a bunch of old dudes and eat And snack on some testes. No, yeah, Yeah. no thanks. I feel like that's, mm, yeah, I think that's... (laughs) But I'm sure one day when my grandpa is no longer with me, I'm going to wish that we chewed on some balls together yeah <laughs> you'll you'll like speak on it you'll say you know i i really am treasured the time we have and i my one regret <laughs> is that we never we never broke broke balls yeah. together you know <laughs> <laughs> now we cut to the biology lab and we pan through different students uh so we don't know what the experiment is yet but we pan through different students like singing songs to their to their <laughs> rats <laughs> Of course, the best being Garrett's Row, row, row your boat. Clenching his clipboard as hard as he can. He's stressed <laughs> out about it. Then we see Troy and Abed. Abed's, you know, singing the song to Fievel and really trying. And Troy just, like, won't even look. He's just anxious ticking all over the place. Yeah. I was, you know what impressed me? Okay. Abed's singing. Yeah, he's not bad. No, it was really nice. And especially put on a track with Donald Glover. Yeah. He holds his own. Yeah, he does, which is which is really tough to do. I think just about everything Abed says and does in this episode is adorable. Yeah, I think that Abed, it's really impressive how high he flies in this episode without even, mm. like, breaking a sweat. He didn't have to be extra weird or different or anything. He was just Abed this whole episode, and he was just genuine, and it was great. He really threw himself into the experiment, and you can tell that he cares. Yeah, he cared about Fievel, and he cared about their friendship. And Choi is not a good friend to him in this one. And we'll see later some of why his reasoning behind that is. But in this first scene, he's just like, did he have to pick a duet for the song? 
which is sad to see from Troy because, you know, typically Troy would be all down for a duet with Abed. Yeah, he'd be all about it. It almost seems out of character, but his fear and acting out of his fear of rats doesn't. Yeah, right. So I'll give them that. <laughs> like that's the it, only thing that could make him kind of be this overtly kind yeah, of dickish to Abed. almost never see Troy and Abed fight. There are a couple of times, the major one being the pillows and blankets in season three. Yeah. It's sad to see because they're just such wholesome, good friends, and I don't want them to be mad at each other. And especially Abed, who really needs a friend like Troy to understand it. Uh, yeah, they're, they're so important turns. to one another mm-hmm. and to one another's like well-being. After he protests, Troy does sing it with him. The rat mouse reacts to it when they work together. Which, who wouldn't? So it works for the rat. Uh, When Abed and Troy come together, they work really well together. Do you think there's any truth in this experiment? Uh, They don't really explain what exactly the experiment is. It seems a little silly. Yeah, I think... I mean, they've done a lot of stuff before with, like, rats and music, and, like, they get violent with heavy metal music and don't with, like, Mozart or something. I guess that's true. You're right. So I I don't know what they're proving. They're proving that the rats hear it. I feel like in a room like this where... All of these people in lab coats are singing different songs to different rats. I feel like it would really confuse the animals. Well, yeah, they'd probably freaking the hell out. I bet the animals they were using to film this show were like, what is happening? <laughs> they were like, literally, it's like, uh, bro, row your, row your boat is not an aggressive song. Abed says, okay, I have to open the cage now. And Troy's like, you don't have to warn me. I'm not afraid. And another class member comes around with her rat. This is when we get just one of those great... Donald Glover, like, (laughs) facial expressions, screaming, freakouts when he gets up on the table and, like, picks his legs up and moves his arm. He's... It's perfect. It's so good, and it's so, like, outrageous and over the top, but it seems so real because that's exactly how Troy would react to that, you know? he Donald really commits to it. Yeah. And it's so funny. To add to how much I like the camera work in this episode, I really like this... We get a really low angle of Abed, like, bending over to check the the cage that fell. Yeah, that's a cool Because shot. now Fievel has been left out, and you can kind of see Troy's feet, like, still freaking out on the, on the top <laughs> of the desk. I think that's a really great shot. Yeah. And everybody's laughing at Troy, because of course he is. He's making a fool out of himself, out of trying so hard not to make a fool out of himself. And he has that awesome line. like, everybody shut up! I'll kick all your asses! <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite Troy lines for sure. It's funny and I wonder if it's intentional because we go from a Troy line that is so positive to get a laugh out of people and it cuts right to Jeff and Chang and Jeff's laughing. Hmm, I wonder. That I'm sure seems it's like not a, totally intentional, like but it's kind of cool. Film thing. Jeff is like really trying to charm up Chang and try to help him realize he's going to be okay and that he needs to move on. And he says that he'll hang out with Chang and show him how great the single life can be. And he's still doing this out of hoping to make things better for the study group. Yeah. But he's already going a little bit farther than he needed to by offering to hang out with them like that. Well, yeah, and, and I that's think really, that that's really nice of Jeff. It is because it's not something that Jeff would ever do, other than to Britta, is offer to really like hang out outside of school, even with the study group. Yeah, I think it really does feel like a turning point. Those three or four episodes ago at the Halloween episode, when Jeff chose helping Pierce over his date with Slater. Yeah, that, that was a big moment. Because Slater not was like admitted for a long time, but these people are in his heart. Yeah, they are. And what about Slater? I, I Slater was like ready to go. She gave him the green light to just cut out and abandon them, mm-hmm. and he was like, "No, I have to go help 
the the Beastmaster. Jeff's never had friends like this before, and it's conflicting for him, but it's fun to see them break down his wall. Yeah. But in this episode, it's Jeff and Chang. Chang says, since you know you said you want to hang out, how about tonight? And Jeff really slyly throws in that, oh man, I'd love to, but because of that paper that you're making us write right now my study group is really stressed out and i've gotta gotta go help them you know he really gets on like chang's <laughs> ego when he's like you know you've really been a hard ass on us lately and chang's like oh i have haven't i yeah <laughs> like aren't i a bad boy <laughs> and he says tell you what from a new buddy jeff essay cancel shaklacky fantastic that is fantastic everybody will be so happy <laughs> i didn't say everybody it's for our new friend Jeff. He's not going to stop being that hard ass that he likes to be to have dominancy over his class. No, and Chang's not stupid either because, you know, Chang knows that Jeff came in there to talk about, you know, that exam and kind of get out of it for everybody. And Chang's like, no, no, I'll give you the kind of pass but because we're hanging out. He doesn't care that Jeff doesn't really want to hang out with them. He's willing to take advantage of that because he's lonely and needs a friend. And Jeff's a cool dude who would never hang out with Chang like... I'm sure, I don't know, I wonder what Chang was like in high school. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably the same. Yeah, El Tigre. And Jeff, you know, you can tell in his face that he was there for the study group, but he's like, yeah, absolutely, I'll hang out with you, I'll not do the paper, because of course he's going to take that. Yeah, it seems like the you know quickest and easiest way out, which to Jeff is always the, the option. Chang even says, like, I'm sure this will put you in like an unenviable position with your friends, and Jeff is like, you know what? We're going to do this. And he puts Chang's jacket on him. Yeah. He... And that's... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, yeah. Go you know, Go ahead. I was just laughing. I know. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. I am. Yeah, I, I, just, am I just feel like... You know, no, go ahead. Yeah, all right. <laughs> that's the perfect moment as, you know, Jeff sells out his soul to Chang that Abed opens the door. Is there a rat in here? <laughs> yeah, that was so great. I love, like, just, like, the that little kind of slip in, like you know you dirty rat but he's just he's he's genuinely looking for a rat <laughs> it's how good the writing on the show is yeah that they can make a line like that that works well as a joke it works well as a cut towards jeff and it works literally for what abed is doing layers i think it's great like an onion and jeff you know he feels called out by abed when he says that and he's like you don't know what you're talking about and i love chang like acknowledges abed and he's like abed and abed <laughs> says really plainly el tigre yeah i love that i also immediately thought in my head i was like i bet that their interactions are are probably top notch also, I like that Chang actually called him Abed and not Alberto, as he does in class. Yeah, we'll get to that part a little bit later. That little blurb might be my least favorite part of the whole episode. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. But we'll get to it. Yeah. Cut to the next day. Obviously, Chang and Jeff have had a night of partying because Jeff is clearly hungover. He's putting sweetener in his coffee. He's wearing sunglasses. He's, like, talking like this. <laughs> he kind of gets Annie to believe that he's hurting because he was yelled at all night by Chang. <laughs> and Britta is smart. So here's, Britta has this little bit that I think is fine. We're like, she yeah. sees through what's happening and she's mad at Jeff. I think the being mad is a little bit played up for a sitcom mm -hmm. because I think if I was in a situation like this and I was able to get out of the essay, I think my friends would be upset that they can't also get out of it, but they would understand why I took the opportunity. Yeah, I think so. Or I think at the very least they'd be like, okay, well, now that you're in, like, can you help us from inside? Yeah, Jeff could have explained it better. He didn't have to hide it like this. He could have said, I tried and it didn't work out, but it's getting me out of it. And now that we're 
hanging out, I'll try even harder. You know, exactly. Could have been avoided with proper communication skills, but you know, you're right. And he says, "Oh, well, now I feel bad that we made you do that. Maybe we can help with your essay." Oh, that's okay. I'm working on mine by myself. You could do my homework next time. <laughs> and Annie's like, "Oh, of course I will." Oh. Britta knows that he's hiding something, and. Annie and Troy are, you know, they're on Jeff's side. They think that he tried for them, and Troy's like, yeah, Britta, you can be pretty cold. It's tough because Britta is actually right this time with her, you know, cynicism. But, you know, there's nothing... But because she's always kind of like that, people are like, oh, Britta. Yeah. And this is even before later in the series when everyone's really like, oh, Britta. (laughs) Yeah, at, at some point, Britta just becomes, like, such a joke to everyone else. Which, some people will take umbrage in that, because Britta kind of went from a real-seeming character to a walking joke. Yeah. But I don't think that's just indicative of Britta. I think she's one of the more noticeable ones, but that's just the show. Yeah, I think everybody becomes a joke. Yeah, and I always think they give them character and give them character progression, but once they realize what's funny for these characters, they really go in on it. Yeah. Just after Troy says, Britta, you can be cold, he's so cold-shouldered to Abed. Troy! Damn, here comes Abed. He needs my help. I gotta get out of here. It just seems so out of character, mm-hmm. but, you know, you kind of understand the circumstances a little more as you watch, but it, it's sad to see him just running from Abed. Abed says again to Annie and Britta that, have you seen a rat? And explains that Troy knocked over the cage and they're looking all over to find him. And Britta has a really nice line where she's like, Oh, Abed, I'm sorry. He probably found more rats and is very happy living with them. Try to join the rest of us in reality, Britta. Yeah. Britta, you know, I think she views Abed as this kind of helpless baby in her eyes. Yeah. And so I always like when Abed kind of checks her on that a little bit and is like, no, I'm fine. Or checks anyone on that. Yeah. He he has moments where he's like, no, I'm smarter and more mature than all of you. (laughs) Totally. Now we cut to Shirley. And Shirley and Pierce's plot line in this episode is really slight, but I think it's pretty funny. I think it's a lot funnier than it could have been, especially. Like, they could have really just missed with this one. But I think that it was funny. Yeah, I agree. I like what they did with Shirley in this episode a lot more than what they've done with her lately where she just kind of pokes her head into other plot lines. Mm-hmm. They just gave her something small to do and it let her be funnier than she has been very often. Yeah. And it lets Chevy Chase do his like impart wisdom, America's dad kind of thing that he likes to do and gives him some moments to be pretty funny too. Yeah. We just see Shirley and she's really stuttering. I believe that uh, fusing brownies with the uh, internet is going to create the next Napster. <clears throat> For brownies. Which, what? <laughs> well, after I, Lily watched these episodes with me and she was like, what's Napster? No. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm sure she can hear us shaming her right now. I hope so. It's, I mean, Justin Timberlake invented it. Is that true? No, but Justin Timberlake played the guy who invented Napster in The Social Network. In The Social Network, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I, I just believed it. <laughs> I mean, he might have. I don't know. I like how we see Shirley all sweaty and worked up, and then it cuts to the reveal that it's just Pierce. <laughs> and she's still so nervous, like, speaking in front of these empty chairs when it's just Pierce. Yeah. The set that they use for this we haven't seen yet, where it's kind of like a little lecture hall, and it looks nice. No, it almost it's looks like nice the room to the set. when, like, in the first episode or something like that, like... Uh, there was a that like random teacher. teacher. Yeah, I wonder if it's that same that same room. I don't know. Pierce just is not subtle at all, and just lets out a 
yawn to what <laughs> Shirley's saying. Makes his arms as big as possible. And Shirley, like, can I just write it on cards? Which is totally reasonable. It would probably help her a lot to have her speech on cards that she can glance at so she doesn't stress about forgetting what she's going to say. Yeah. It could take some of that anxiety away. But Pierce is just, I don't know. He has to have this, like, bravura, impart this wisdom and, like, make people the best or, like, as good as he has, is at everything. Well, but that's the thing is a lot of the public speaking advice that he gives her, I think, is pretty good advice. Do you know anybody who reads from cards? No. No, you don't. And that's why. <laughs> I think plenty of people read from cards. Yeah, and many people read from teleprompters, which is the same exact thing. In fact, to the point where in the final season of Community... They were getting their scripts so late to when they were filming that they would have to read their lines off of teleprompters. That's that's crazy. And they talk a lot about how insane that was to try to work with, but these actors are so talented that you cannot tell. No, you really can't. Pierce's line to Shirley is a little mean about, you might consider a darker top because she's sweating through her clothes. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't call out something like that. You shouldn't call out something that someone can't change. No. But that is a real thing, though. I mean, you shouldn't wear a shirt that, like, for a speaking thing. If you're gonna, if you're a sweater, yeah, yeah, you're right. But it's just coming from Pierce. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's coming from Pierce. Everything has that, like, tone, like you said, where he's, like, a little bit, like, oh, well, you know, you. uh, Condescending, I'm better than, even though he's a fool. Yeah, absolutely. He's a. It's kind of like how there's a right and wrong way to tell someone they've got something stuck in their teeth. Yeah, and Pierce would do it the wrong way every time. Like, ew, (laughs) yawn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he follows it up with one of the funnier lines about don't uh, lock your knees never lock your knees and what happens when you lock your knees you die oh. that got a really good laugh out of me i don't know so much if i agree with his hand a sandwich being great advice because talking with your hands is important but it's important that it's natural so we've done like a, a lot of movement. like trainings on my job on like body language and stuff when talking to people and we actually okay. talk about like using the hands in a like presenting like thing and it's like a subconscious it makes you seem more welcoming and more trustworthy they get to have a f- i guess i guess i can see that but i do feel like if it's rehearsed movements mm-hmm. that it can look as such sometimes yeah and that doesn't help your reliability totally but being comfortable and loose and speaking with your hands because we all do speak with our hands when we're being comfortable mm-hmm. so why wouldn't you when you're doing something prepared yeah but you know he's like hand them the sandwich <laughs> just hand them a sandwich and surely does an arm movement like you just drop the sandwich drop the sandwich as opposed to handing it to them <laughs> it's pretty funny uh you know try attention grabbing words to wake up the audience <laughs> such as multiple orgasm i mean think though if you were in a a, a college course and that just was burst out in the middle, I think it'd be pretty mm-hmm. grabbing. Well, Shirley says I don't think that would fit into my message, but <laughs> she does end up finding a way to slip it into her presentation a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shirley says maybe we should focus more on, and Pierce is already over it, whatever, <laughs> and goes on to tell her about filler words. Nobody wants to hear from somebody that says um and like, which is maybe some advice that we should take from Pierce. <laughs> I used to say like all the time now what i do when i am struggling because i worked because my mom beat it out of me basically stop saying like all the time when i was speaking or reading things so now what i do is i go you know (laughs) instead that's my that's my filler that i'm working on now well editing this podcast can be exhausting i'm like oh my god how many times am i gonna say um in this sentence why can't (laughs) i get a thought out stop saying like i do it all the time 
you have no idea how many ums I've I've cut out, <laughs> <laughs> or how I when I'm like talking when I'm like moving through the episode I'll go and and I cut out all of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I need to learn that lesson from Pierce. But it is nice to have a delete button. Yeah, it helps. There's this really funny sequence of Shirley starting from the top, and every time Shirley says something that Pierce considers a filler word, he yells at her and goes, wrong, or like, um. (laughs) It's like, they, uh, uh, they, um, um. I think it's a pretty effective uh, tool. Definitely makes you not want to say, um. The funniest part is when she finally gets out a sentence and says, these brownies are delicious. It cuts back to Pierce with just, like, a nice little smile (laughs) to Shirley, like, I am pleased. And then they taste like lie. (laughs) They have that exchange where Shirley says, that's not a filler word. And Pierce says, all right, Valley Girl. Which I feel like I've had that same interaction with my mom. Like, that exact, like, sentence that happened, I think I've had that before. I think the way Chevy delivered the okay Valley Girl line is indicative that it's another line he spoke without totally understanding what it No, meant. I don't think he knows what a Valley Girl is. Same with, like, you get on your oh, horse. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to Chang in the Spanish class. He's actually teaching. He is, a real Uh, lesson. In the beginning, you know, he's teaching the difference between usted and tu, but then he starts calling out each individual person in the class to, like, give an example. So he says something in Spanish to Pierce and goes, you are old. That's when he calls Abed Alberto. Well, because he called Pierce Pepe to start. Yeah, I don't think it's anything of him not knowing their names. I think it's that Chang doesn't really know Spanish that well and thinks that there's a Spanish language version of every name. <laughs> so I took a little bit of, of offense, you know, the way that that uh, Chang calls Shirley Shakira. Yeah, and, and Troy but Tupaco. all it is, he just says Paco. Or does he no, say he Tupaco? says Tupaco and then goes West Side. Okay, he does go West Side. I didn't pick up the Tupac. I think as far as... Shirley and Abed and Pierce, the only reason he calls them those names, even Shirley and Shakira, is because of the shh at the beginning of it. Well, are those the names that he gave them like several episodes ago? Are they the same ones? I don't think so. I think this is the first time he's called Shirley Shakira. Ah, yeah. I can't remember what it was that he said to her before. It's funny how he like sets up the insult to each of them because they don't know what he's going to say in Spanish. So he's like, you are old. You are ugly. When he talks to Shirley and Troy... It's kind of racist. Even if he's talking about, like, Shakira's Colombian, and I don't know, so it's... And he does, like, the dance move, like the the fist close to the nipples and popping in and out. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm talking about. You're the the dance boy. I'm sure (laughs) you you teach that one to your class. You teach the nipple fist? Is that what they call it? That's actually exactly what it's called, the nipple fist. How'd you know? Is that in the textbook? It's in the syllabus, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's what's... It's not calling her Shakira. It's that, like, little thing. Even though I think the comment's more on Shakira than on Shirley or Shirley being black. But it's the Tupaco and West Side and then calling them dirty. And Troy even is like, whoa, like, at, at that, because it comes across like that, you know. And everyone does. Mm-hmm. I think all of it is out of, like, you know, Chang being a dictator of all of his people, and I don't think there's any racial bias intentional there well i guess it's never intentional i don't know it the i think it's just poor writing for that little bit yeah or the names that he called them uh previously in episode five were marianne grandpa, grandpa. jake and kumar yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i do like the 
acting and phrasing of the line where after he calls them dirty, when he says... Still formal, but plural. Because while both are dirty, neither are my friends. Okay? Yeah, that was good. And I, I it almost seemed like he was about to, like then say something like to Jeff and then use two instead of Usted. Like I thought that was what was about to happen, but it didn't. Nope. He's not that smart. No, he doesn't actually <laughs> know the difference. He's like, Oh, he, he takes it back to the essay and he's like, Oh, well about those essays. Now they're 30% of your grade, which yeah. teachers do kind of do stuff like that. And it's terrible. And everyone's like, Oh no. And he like, call, he totally sells out Jeff in front of everybody, his new friend, because we really see like the divide between classroom Chang and after hours Chang. Yeah. Because after hours Chang was so like, please like me, Jeff. And then in front of the class, he's so quick to be like, he, he's got to know what he's saying. Or maybe he thinks he's just helping out his buddy. I'm not sure what he, what he, I'm not sure what's right, going like, on. Right, like it comes across as he like thinks, he's like, oh, well, let me help Jeff. But at the very same time, like Chang could also be like, oh, well, I want to separate jeff from them because jeff's my friend i'm not worried about what they think yeah he's like uh well jeff already turned in his essay great job and britta <laughs> is just and now annie gets it too they all get it but britta's still like i told you yeah she's right pretty pretty hot under the collar about this he's like also there's gonna be a big ass quiz so study hard <laughs> and now everyone's good and pissed and pissed at jeff so, yeah, I guess I do get the conflict now, why they're mad at Jeff. But like you said, that communication could have fixed it. Absolutely, it could it. have. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I feel like Jeff, he didn't try to only get it for himself. That's just what Chang... You know, it's it's like on like the the, the pawn shows. He was like, you know, I'm, I want 100. And Chang said, I'll give you 50. And he's like, <laughs> well, I'll take it. Chang and Jeff are... Uh, like buddying up after everyone else has left the classroom talking about man last night was crazy hey let's hang out again and Chang takes as many opportunities as possible to touch Jeff's pecs (laughs) he truly does now Jeff is totally taking advantage not trying to help the study group at all when he says yeah I want to hang out it's just the quiz you know Chang like bloops him on the nose and says bling A plus nice work winger (laughs) A plus for winger I wish I could have just been friends with all of my teachers and gotten free grades. Yeah, I feel like the like only times I ever had anything like that was like if I like really didn't do a bunch of assignments, they'd be like, "All right, I'll let you make it up." But it wasn't like I'll give you an A. It was I'll let you like, make up for the work that you did. I know do that you're smart classroom. and don't deserve the F that you're about to get. So <laughs> that I'll is quite literally what. Is, so I'll let you spend three hours in my classroom today doing nonsense work for points. Yeah. Uh, so as Chang and Jeff leave the classroom, Chang has his arm around Jeff and they're laughing and talking while the study group watches. They keep saying Cherry Daiquiri, and that's a reference to a character that I believe was a stripper that Gillian Jacobs played in a film before Community. So it's oh. like a little nod to something that Gillian did and kind of like a joke on her behalf a little bit. We're like, ha ha ha, Cherry Daiquiri, Cherry Daiquiri. That's funny. I thought it was funny as well. Yeah, I like when stuff is slipped in there like that, you know, I... I wish they would have let us all in on the joke, maybe given us a little aside before the episode and said, hey, friends. Hey there, you Here's an explanation for every joke. I'd like that. Written out. You can mail it to me. I just don't get it. They're just talking so fast. (laughs) There's so many words, you know, and and I only watch the German dub of the show, and (laughs) I don't speak German at all, so it's really difficult for me to follow. Yeah, you you found a way to get free Netflix. The only problem is that it's free through germany so you yeah. can't understand any of it 
it's like instead of like a live action adaptation, I watched the anime adaptation of Community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not quite as good, <laughs> I must say. Uh, so <laughs> Chang and Jeff Buddy Buddy come face to face with a study group who are angry. Annie calls him a devious clump of overpriced fabric and hair product. That's a good burn. That was a good burn. But but here's the thing that we all know Jeff clearly does not spend enough money on his clothing. Or maybe he does spend enough money, it's just not the right clothes. He spends a lot of money to make himself look like he doesn't spend a lot of, like he doesn't care. Yeah. I bet these sweaters and, I don't know, the ugly, I don't know. I bet he's spending a lot of money at the Hollister for all of these. Where, okay, this is going to sound like a really stupid question. Okay. Where do adult males such as Jeff go to shop for clothes? Because they're too old to keep shopping at like Hollister or American Eagle, right? Or do they still keep going to Hollister and American Eagle? I have no idea. All my yeah. shirts are graphic tees. I don't know where. <laughs> I was gonna say at this point, shit. the only shirts I've bought have been online and have either some sort of character. Yeah. Uh, music thing or Japanese writing on it. Then so. I have like that one or two black button-up shirts for if I ever need to pretend like I have dress-up clothes. Right? <laughs> Shirley gives him, speaking as one of the meek, as soon as I inherit Earth, you dead. That's Which a was a r- really good line. Yeah, I was like, okay, Shirley, throwing out your theological knowledge, you know. She, kn- she, knows, she knows the Bible. She knows yeah. the texts. So basically, this is our first low-key, the group is breaking up. Yeah. You know, like, Jeff is like, are you kicking me out of the group? And Pierce even says, what kind of a person is asked to help other people and then helps himself? Which is what Pierce does every episode. (laughs) Yeah, which is so funny that Pierce delivers that line. There's the really funny back and forth about his, like, fake outrage to justify leaving. I don't think I like being talked to that way. He's using fake outrage to justify leaving. Fake outrage? Justify my... Yeah, that's it. I'm out of here. But basically, Jeff's like storms away and exits himself from the group. This is a trope the show goes to a lot that sometimes is kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really feel a lot because you know that they're just going to get back together at the end. Yeah. But watching them snip at each other is, is funny. Well, and one of my favorite parts of that whole exchange is everybody's saying stuff, but as soon as... Britta says something that's, like, not very, like, stinging. It was just her kind of restating what people had already said. And Pierce kind of tells her, like, oh, whoa, whoa, settle down. (laughs) And when Jeff finally leaves, you know, he goes like the, I've been divorced seven times. Just don't answer your phone and bury all your money in the backyard. Which, seven times, that's, that's a lot. Then we cut to Jeff and Chang are in Chang's office enjoying what looks like to be a charcuterie board of bull testicle, and they're sharing <laughs> cigars, and they're reading Pierce's Spanish homework. And this is More pretty like cool. like a charge-cooterie board, because bulls charge. You can workshop that one. You can workshop yeah, that there's one. There's something well, there. Don't eat the crab dip. <laughs> There, I think it's cool that, you know, Jeff got out of writing these essays, but they're going through everybody's essays and, like, making fun of them. I get yeah. why Chang would do that, but that's pretty low of Jeff. Although, like, did you ever get to, like, help grade papers? Like, didn't you, all, like, feel like just, like, a little bit of power there? You know, not not to ridicule your classmates, of course, but... Whenever you'd, like, be working on a draft of a something, that, like, a written something, and you'd, like, trade it with another classmate... Oh, and yeah. you'd have to give them, like, notes on, like, their grammar and stuff like that. And they'd have to give you notes on theirs. And I, this is 
stuck up of me to say it, but I'd always feel like I knew what I was writing. And yeah. then I'd like I'd get my classmate's paper and I'd like break out a red pin that I already had. It's like, <laughs> Listen, strike, I had strike, the red pins so ready to go for this one purpose. This is the only thing we were allowed to use red for, like all through school. And I was like, oh, get ready, motherfucker! I'm, I'm, <laughs> like we we could be best friends, but I'm gonna tear you to shreds for like thirty seconds. Yeah, you're right. We were pretty cool in high school, huh? Yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah, yeah we... we asserted we asserted our dominance in the classroom. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, we. Yeah. <laughs> Except I didn't. <laughs> we were like, we're smarter than everyone else, so we're not gonna do shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you monkeys just keep you. falling line. <laughs> oh, so they're reading through Pierce's paper and his thing about like, and the saleswoman had Manzana's Gigantes. Which what? She... <laughs> that whole oh, thing was hilarious because that's exactly what Pierce would write oh, about Pierce in Spanish. Write. He's like, how do I say giant? melons and the way that chang follows it up with saying like can you imagine being married to him and jeff goes in about you know like seven times seven different women but Mm -hmm. it's really indicative that all chang is thinking about is marriage yeah and they're making fun of people but this is just like we've all done this you know we're sad about a breakup and we try to like laugh it off and stuff and but it's what's on your it's what's on your mind absolutely and until you kind of deal with it it's going to keep weighing over you well, Chang doesn't deal with it, but he certainly doesn't keep up the facade very long. Like, as soon as Jeff says, like, all these women agreed to marry that guy, he's already crying. <laughs> and Ken's crying is bad, but really works for Chang. It is, because that's exactly how, like, you feel like Chang would cry. Like, it couldn't be, like, a normal cry. It's got to be nonsense. He's like... And then he like brings it back together and says, I just miss her so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is so stupid. No, no. Then he starts crying again. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, <laughs> this is stupid. Just and Jeff is like very clearly uncomfortable here, but he doesn't really know what to do because he's like, well, I don't want to be in this situation, but at the same time, like, this guy's hurting, you know? I can see that you're hurting, but I have to get to accounting. <laughs> and yeah. He says, I have to get to accounting, and that's why he brings up Professor Whitman, because he's the accounting teacher. So yeah. the, the world of Greendale like continues to go on, even when we're not seeing these characters all the time. Wow, cool. it almost feels like it were a real college. Almost like a real university would. <laughs> he's like, Chang, I gotta go get class, and that's I'm, it's not like I'm hitting up strip clubs with Professor Whitman. He's like, you better not be. <laughs> all I ask for you is to keep filling the void in my soul. That's deep. <laughs> I want that in my wedding vows. Vow. And I want that in my wedding vows. Well, don't tell me what you're going to say to me before it happens. <laughs> I like that I said Leave wedding vowels. I, what, if, what if instead of like saying something nice, you just went up there and said, I don't want to hear our wedding vowels until the day of. A, E. Sometimes <laughs> Wait, wouldn't it just why? be E and I? Because those are the only vowels in the word wedding. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's one you don't need to workshop. You can put that right in your type oh, five. Oh, that's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> type five. <laughs> Chang rests gently on Jeff's pecs as we leave that scene and go back to the study group. Pierce is still giving Shirley presentation advice and goes like, That's closer to a presentation. A Nicholson quote. Uh, you, you, you take a phrase from one of his films and you tailor it to your product. Uh, you can't handle a moist towel. Something like that, you know. But you can't use that one. That's... That's mine. Here's here's a question for you. What's your favorite 
just like first thing that comes to your head, favorite Jack Nicholson performances. It's okay if you can't choose just one. Joker, probably. Yeah, I I think he's like number. T- he was my number two Joker. Um, although I really oh. do like Mark Hamill's animated. What? Yeah, when it comes to the Joker, it's Mark Hamill, Heath Ledger, uh, Jack Nicholson, and now Joaquin Phoenix. They all did a great job. They're yeah. all really different versions of the character, and they don't really need to be compared, I think. I like that thought process, because they're all so different. Everyone probably has a personal favorite, but I think it'd probably be one of those four, and they're all valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I love just that. What's, what's the line? Where does he get such wonderful toys? Classic. <laughs> I would love to watch more of the Batman animated series. I haven't watched enough of it. I haven't seen it in years. So I would, I would enjoy going back through it. That's our next show. Batman, the animated... Actually, listen, don't play those games. I, Zach I, and Steven, the animated podcast. <laughs> but we animate it. Yeah. Okay. You can animate it. I'm <laughs> Zach, I'm, there's no way that I'm not worse at drawing than you are. No, that is not true. I... <laughs> I've always been good at the written and spoken word, but <laughs> I cannot draw shit. <laughs> my mom didn't even want to put my like create uh, <laughs> my like memories or whatever like the thing we would do every year that like they try and make you put on a freaking t-shirt. I made her buy like the ornament one year where I just drew like an eye from Naruto. <laughs> and that shit Literally, was on our the Christmas only thing tree. I can still draw to this day is when you write the word boy in lowercase and you can connect the lines to make it look like a face. I've never done that. It's pretty easy. Nice. <laughs> okay, so Pierce is still trying to give Shirley advice and Shirley just plays him down and says, I'm just going to write it on cards. Pierce is like, oh, okay. Just don't let anybody know I was involved. <laughs> Which I totally get why Shirley would just be like, okay, I regret asking you for help. I'm yeah, going to do this on my own now. Pierce so clearly is like talking out of his ass 90% of the time. And this leads to one of my favorite bits of the entire episode. You know, Pierce notices that Jeff isn't here. You know, he's been kicked out of the group at the moment. And yeah. so his chair is open. And this whole time he's been thinking about like, what is it? The chair? Is, is that what gives him the power? He sits down in the chair. He kind of like looks to make sure nobody's <laughs> noticing what he's doing. And he starts looking at his, at his phone. <laughs> the phone that he's proven time and time again that he does not know Doesn't how to Doesn't know operate. what to use. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Troy Voice and command. Abed come in talking about their project and how they're still, you know, kind of going back and forth with each other and not seeing eye to eye everything they say pierce has something to like back it up with like a sarcastic jeff remark uh you know they talk about the dean's gonna have to call in an exterminator just for their rat which really sucks and pierce is like i'd like to exterminate this conversation (laughs) i really love gillian's face and she's like what are you doing like right because it's so clearly like okay pierce (laughs) and abed who's always in tune with everything is like he's sitting in jeff's chair so he's trying to act like jeff oh oh Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then it's he's like, like uh, uh, email. <laughs> oh, an email. This is where we get the exchange that makes me more sad than anything in this entire episode, where Abed says, you know, like, to Troy, we're friends and we're supposed to help each other. And that's when Troy goes on his awful little rant about, like, Abed, take it from a former prom king. Real friends help me with things, not vice versa. And Abed is so genuine and wholesome and adorable. You know, he says, I would face my fears to help you. And Troy just slams on it with exactly because you're my friend. And Abed cuts deep with, am I? And and I think that what they did a really good job with, with that scene specifically is that normally, like, if, if he just let that line sit there, it could be really heavy. 
and really kind of shift the the tone. But, but he just starts singing wait. the song and yeah, <laughs> he goes into the song and runs away, which is still like okay, Abed's like acting like he's emotional, like something's going on, but it 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 kind of keeps it light and keeps it moving, which I really liked that they did there. That's like a Dan Harmon thing where he wants to like have your heart in his hands, squeezing. But then, as soon as you think he's like breaking your heart, he's gonna follow it up with a joke and be like, "Look, we had you, we had you the whole time." Yeah, big fan. <laughs> that follows up with Pierce's. If he gets any nuttier, they'll put him on the View, which was my favorite of the three of those jokes. It works as a joke, and everybody laughs. But it's the same with the Grammy Awards thing. It's not like Pierce happens to know anything about the View. No, he just pulled out a show he had heard of, and it happened to kind of work. <laughs> Everyone laughs, and Pierce like puts his arms behind his back and he's like the power the power (laughs) but then he falls on his ass (laughs) that was so funny we're getting closer and closer to the ending sequence of this episode which i think is my favorite thing the show's done to date it's really high up there i don't know which part of it is necessarily my favorite well i do know what part is my favorite each time i watched it i think i liked it a little more and i already liked it quite a bit going into it but each time i saw that kind of scene we'll we'll get there in a minute but yes abit's in the hallway looking for fievel and he sees him going between like ducks he like goes into a air duct or something at the bottom of the of the floor Mm -hmm. and he you know notices that he's there and then we cut to the dean again who's introducing Green Day at the concert. Great band um, introduction, by the way. It just, it just really set the tone. I also love, how, you know, he's like, Green Week was a rousing success here at Greendale, and they did very, very little in this episode other than the couple of green jokes, and it's totally <laughs> the show being like, all right, NBC, we'll do the episode you want us to make. But all right, look at our green episode. Such a small, ver- like, look how green this curtain is. That's good, right? <laughs> And yeah, the band introduction is great. And now for a band, Green Day! By the way, they're not the real Green Day. Thought we should just rip that band-aid off quickly. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And everyone's disappointed, and that's when Starburns is eating his banana split in the crowd for some reason. Mike, what else would you you eat to that concert? Yeah, what else would you wear to a concert other than a good old... Split a banana. Hey. Yeah, so Chang runs up to Jeff at the concert and is like, just got your text, man. Want to hang out? Because if you don't, I will fail you. (laughs) And what Jeff's done here is nice and selfless. Yeah. The front man of Green Day, Billy Joe Armstrong, says, we've been asked to dedicate our first song to Senor and Senora Chang. Jeff pulled some strings to get... Senora Chang to come and meet with Chang based around the idea of them being able to dance together again. On a serious note, like firsthand, I've seen how like actual like physical touch and like doing something like dancing with like your partner can really like help a relationship and help to rekindle like a lot of, uh, you know, some some spice. Well, outside of the competition and class teaching you get to do, that's a lot of what you guys do, right? Is, like, help couples with, like, wedding dances? Yeah, I would say or... that probably most of our student base is um, either couples who are getting married or couples who have been married for a long time. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's fun so, to like, see. turn your life partner into your dance partner. Cool stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's, you and I can put that on come side. together in that way sometime, but... What would begin as dancing between the two of us would quickly become something that needs to happen in another room. You know, it's really great because with us, Zach, you know, to quote the great Bruce Lee, you have to be like water. (laughs) And as the river flows and as the sands in the hourglass, these 
are the days of our lives. I don't remember Bruce Lee ever saying that, but <laughs> he must have. He must have. He must have. <laughs> okay, so Senora Chang's there, and Chang is you know, surprised and excited and nervous. And is like, I thought she didn't want to talk to me. And that's when Jeff says, you know, I didn't tell her you wanted to talk because they're going to dance together. Mm-hmm. And we don't see a lot of Senora Chang. I read up on the character on Wiki just because I don't remember much about her other than this episode. The only other time she's in it is in an episode in season four when Chang is Kevin, the Changnesiac. Yeah. And they're like trying to read into his previous life. And he, she's also mentioned in an episode in season two. I guess it's in a little bit, but they Chang and his wife seem to reconcile mm-hmm. over this dance. And we never really see them again or hear talk of it. But apparently they're together off and on. But in season two, when she finds out that Chang and Shirley like hooked up and Shirley's yeah. baby might be Chang's, that's when she kicked him out. Mm. And Chang had to get like an apartment. I remember now, do they being... show the actress again? Do they use the same actress later She's on? She's in season four. She's not in that in season two when Chang gets kicked out. I think mm-hmm. it's more like Chang shows up at Jeff's apartment and is like, I got kicked out. Now I'm here. Yeah. So, I, I, had, I had forgotten that she was in it in season, like that she was mentioned again in season two. Now I'll pick up on it because it's yeah. part of what causes Chang to go on this continuously declining way of life shame spiral yeah you know it's not we're not that far removed from the chang who lives in the air vents of the school and (laughs) and is physical with the charred mannequin leg um (laughs) and starts a dictatorship of children that's that's all that's all the same man one in the how this show progressed from (laughs) we have too much spanish homework to (laughs) to now we're star wars yeah, right? That's why I'm so glad to, you know, be doing this and really looking at this and watching this switch and seeing yeah. how well it'll work or being reminded of how well it does work. So Chang and his wife haven't started dancing yet. We cut back to Shirley giving her presentation in her class. She has her notes held up, like, right over her face <laughs> and is really, like, the estimation of market value of brownies, I, uh, target group. And... There are a couple of times where we cut to the teacher of this class. Mm-hmm. He says, Miss Bennett, I'm afraid I have to ask you to put down the cards. <laughs> that man, he's just this tall, unassuming older man. That man was the original Dean Pelton. Really? He was casted for the... Because I, I don't know if you remember, but we talked during the pilot that they cast Jim Rash like, while they were filming the pilot. Yeah. Because they had a lot of trouble finding Dean Pelton. This Which man was Dean Pelton originally... He was there at the table read for the pilot, like, as Dean Pelton, and the network wasn't so sure about it. They wanted them to maybe rethink the character and put, like, potentially, like, a person of color as the Dean, Mm -hmm. is what Dan Harmon said. And they said that they tried really hard, and they really, like, scoured anyone who would come try out for the role, and that led them to Jim Rash. Yeah. Who maybe wasn't the diversity that that the network wanted them to go for, but can you... that guy, in, I'm sure he would have been a good Dean, but it seems like the Dean Pelton character would have been more of a straightforward, bumbling Absolutely, it would have been more like the, you know, straight lace, like, oh, you have to stop all this shenanigans. Yeah, it's so great that they ended up with Jim Rash, because the way that character becomes so twisted is one of the best things of the show. So good. So, yeah, fake Dean um, makes Shirley put her notes down, and she gets really scared. Now we cut back to Abed in the hallway, and the song montage begins. He's singing somewhere out there, and after he begins the song, you know, we just keep fluidly cutting from storyline to storyline, 
and weaving them all together through this musical moment. So many shows end their episodes with a song that brings everything together, but this is community doing it their way, and yeah. it works really well. And apparently they came up with it like while they were filming the episode, and like it was a really wow. late addition. They weren't really sure how they were going to end the episode. And so the director kind of had to piece a lot of this together. That's wild to me, just how kind of some of these episodes were thrown together, but that's what created some of the best moments in the show. Yeah. So we go between, you know, Chang and his wife preparing to dance. Shirley now being without her cards in her class looks to Pierce for advice and takes (laughs) the advice. And Pierce, you know, puts aside his pettiness and helps her through it. I love that Pierce is just sitting in this class. It doesn't seem like a class that Pierce is also taking. I think he's just there with a sandwich. She asked for help. Yeah, with a sandwich. (laughs) Um, Abed's leaning over, singing the song, trying to get Fievel to come out of the vent, which he's poking his nose out of. <laughs> uh, we cut to Chang, who's dancing to the song, and he, like, pop-pop with his legs and puts his <laughs> hands up over his, over his head. And his wife is, like, conflicted, but cannot deny the hot fire of Benjamin Franklin Chang on the dance floor. Ooh. She throws <laughs> off her jacket, and might I say... Uh, I really like the dress that Chang's wife wears. Yeah, it's a really cute, like, 50s kind of swing dress. Big fan. And also, I don't like that they literally don't give Chang's wife anything. Like, anything to say. Nope, no lines. Character. No, like... In another world, I would have loved to have seen more of, like, the type of woman that married Chang, you know? Right, I feel like they probably had a hilarious dynamic. Abed's still singing to the to the rat, and Troy shows himself. He comes around the corner, and... They start singing together, and they give each other a look that just is the conversation that they need to have about the bad friendship that has happened without saying anything, just while they're singing this song. Meanwhile, Shirley is taking Pierce's advice, handing them all a sandwich. (laughs) We all love brownies. They're delicious. Just the way it all cuts together is so funny, and the way that all of the class members in Shirley's class when she starts doing those things, they're all like, oh. I know. They all like come along, come around to it, and they're like, ooh. (laughs) Yeah. You if you what? love brownies, you love life. The The professor puts his glasses back on. My <laughs> God. Pierce is just glumly smiling. Pierce is just like, please just punch at himself. He is. And about his sandwich. Yeah. Meanwhile, Chang and his wife are passionate, and they're really taking over the dance floor. And might I say, like, I'm, I'm sure they had to teach Ken all of this, but he does a pretty good job at it. They yeah. They dance pretty well together. They were grooving. Listen, he wasn't playing around. Shirley gets to throw in orgasmically delicious talking about her brownies to (laughs) tell a word that wakes everybody up (laughs) and as the song ramps up and we're more quickly cutting from thing to thing i think my favorite moment of this phrase is you know when abed hits that high note at the climax of the song and chang does the like stretched out michael jackson ah yeah (laughs) I can't so see good. that without thinking of the high school reunion. Oh my god! Where Same here. They're doing the dance routine, and Fat Mac does that, and then it cuts uh, to them all like horrendous. Uh, He's like, ah, then uh, just so gross yeah. and greasy. <laughs> <laughs> and Another even great like episode. At, at Chang yelling like that, Jeff just winces. <laughs> it's just a little much. And then they really awkwardly, fully embrace each other, Chang and his wife. Uh, Ken Jong said on the commentary that was his first on-screen kiss. Oh, no. <laughs> and the actress, like, really helped him, like, how to That's do it good. right for, for a show, yeah. Now Troy and Abed are still singing. Troy's smiling now and into it and putting 
himself into his fear to be a friend for Abed because Abed would do it for him and the friendship needs to go both ways. Meanwhile, Britta is also realizing, you say Britta doesn't get a lot to do, but she does kind of do some stuff in the undercurrent of this episode. She's seeing that Jeff is the one who put this together with Chang and Chang's wife. Yeah. And he's not taking the credit for it. And seeing that he is a little selfless and that maybe he did try a little harder than just give up the study group. Cut from that to here's Brownie. <laughs> yeah. And after she says it, the because Pierce said that should be your closer. <laughs> and after she says it, the entire the entire class gives her a standing ovation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the way this all ramps up is just so perfect, and it's so community. It it truly is because what other show could have a duet of somewhere out there from America while they're trying to get a rat out of a vent by singing to them. Meanwhile, yeah, Shirley's giving that crazy speech about brownies. And an Asian there's Spanish also teacher an, is trying to win his wife back through dance. Yeah, while we're also, like, mixing up somewhere out there with the performance of generic Green Day, which is an Irish <laughs> band. Yeah, it's, ge- it's genius. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's genius. Great. After they finish the song, it works, and Fievel comes out of the vent and crawls right up Troy's leg... And again, we get a great Troy freakout where he rolls his eyes into the back of his head and just, like, gets into the other room as fast as he can to put the to put the rat in the cage. He was a lot more together there than I would have been in that situation because I don't want a rat on my leg. And he, gets, he puts him in there and he's like, disgusting. <laughs> back at the concert, Britta and Annie come up to Jeff and Britta says, What's Chang doing? He's getting a refill on his void. <laughs> really gross imagery, but... Shirley and Pierce come. It's weird. Okay, so they come up, and Shirley's like, I got an A on my presentation, and a lot of the credit goes to Pierce. This concert's at night. Was it like a night class? Did this I guess it must have been a night class. During the event? I, I guess. I, I noticed that, too. I was like, huh, night class. Okay. But since they se- seem to spend all waking hours at that school. Yeah. Well, they can't afford to film anything outside, so they kind of do. <laughs> yeah. Shirley's like, and I owed a lot of it to Pierce, and Pierce is like, and I had a really great sandwich, as he's picking it out of his teeth. <laughs> then also Troy and Abed, uh, Troy says with a smile and as nicely as he can, he's like, We found the stupid rat, and Abed's going to shut up about it now. It's true. I like that line and, quite a bit. Yeah, you can tell that everything's good between them now, which is important. Yeah. Now, this is something that really ties in how this is a good, mostly selfless Jeff episode, even though he makes a couple wrong turns. So Chang addresses the crowd, and after he's had this big romantic moment with his wife, he, he's, his hair's all messed up, and he's got lipstick all over his face. And he says, I've been a horrible husband and a horrible teacher. And when he says, I've been a horrible teacher, everyone in the crowd is like, yeah. <laughs> and he says, I'd like to thank my student Jeff Winger for showing me that and helping me fix my marriage. But then he turns it after taking away the 20-page essay due on Monday. Uh, he turns it to now he's mad at Jeff, which is kind of weird because he was so willing to, like, lose any dignity he had for Jeff's friendship. Like, give him, it was yeah. his idea to take, like, kind of. Even though Jeff was the first person to put himself there, Chang definitely was like, I'll give you good grades to be my friend. Yeah, and totally. He totally turns on it to be like, although, winger, you should write a one-page essay called Taking advantage of the emotionally vulnerable. Booyah. Which, 
is nice, kind of, that Jeff doesn't get credit for the genuinely nice thing he's just done. But he just did something genuinely nice for the man. Yeah, he did. Yeah, to, <laughs> that's the thing is Jeff was like actually nice and a little bit selfless there. But it does work and it does show to the people who matter most because Britta looks at him and says, You did that for us. Mm, kinda. Gillian Jacobs does a really great job of giving this small, toothless smile to him that really shows that Jeff has won her back over, like, genuinely. I think this episode, she kind of looks at him, not necessarily in, like, the most romantic light, but at least in a positive light. That's what I was gonna say, is there not a, there's not a hint of sexual tension or of will they, won't they there, it's just faith in a friend again, and it's nice. Yeah, because that's what Britta wants in the first place, is someone she can trust. And it ends with a little bit of a cheesy moment that I'll allow because the episode earns it where Jeff's like, what are y'all doing here with me? Go on out there and dance. You know, he says, <laughs> yeah, I was wrong and I thought being with you guys was the worst, but we're the best. Annie apologizes for calling him a handsome hobo and still <laughs> offers to still help Jeff write this other essay he has to, he has to do now. And they all share a nice moment together where they're silly and they're dancing and it's It's very charlie brown quality dance moves my favorite is definitely um annie and troy they're like convulsions in front of each other very fun gillian jacobs said on the commentary that there are a couple shots in here that she didn't actually know they were filming where she's (laughs) jumping up and down and she was just like jumping up and down with everybody she didn't know it was like part of the show that's funny Uh, As everyone's having that nice, sweet moment, which feels earned because in the past, Jeff wouldn't have joined in with something like this. He's definitely, like, warmly, firmly a part of it. Yeah. And Pierce comes up to him and he's like, I know about the chair. (laughs) Jeff's confused look back at Pierce and then his turn of head to shrug it off. It's a great way to end the episode. He puts himself back in the moment and is like, I love these crazy people. And he does join in to dance. Yeah, I like the ending. I think it's fun. It's sweet. Ties everything together. Yeah, totally ties up a really, really successful episode. And I know you said you thought Britta got a short stick, but I think they give Britta enough to do without giving her a full subplot. I think it's a great. Yeah, episode in hindsight, she has a couple. She's a little more important than I than I. She's a little more involved in Jeff's like emotional journey of the episode than mm-hmm. even if she doesn't have her own specific plot. Let's talk about the end tag. I love it. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, everything from you know uh, Troy and Abed being so excited about their guns to Pierce walking in like Han Solo <laughs> with with just the pistol and just how straight face he is the whole time. But he's clearly excited to be in this water gun fight. You know, he's like, "Oh, we're we're doing this." But at the same time, Pierce has never been invited. If you take a little bit of closer notice to it, Troy and Abed are so prepared for this that they've got these really fancy like flight goggles. They've got yeah, like uh, like police like flashlights like the really long flashlights they've got binoculars and walkie-talkies and on the table they've got like full maps of the school i know they're picking out their plots like abed was just saying like you know before pierce walked up about how you know that it's close to the water fountain so they you know it's good positioning (laughs) this seems like it might be kind of a precursor to what became the paintball episode idea yeah and also do you think troy and abed are like if this is like a school-wide competition or do you think they're just doing this with each other and then pierce shows up? well and that's what i was just thinking is i'm not sure whether this is a larger thing whether it was really maybe just going to be the two of them and then Pierce, Pierce tagged heard along. Because I wouldn't be surprised at all if Troy and Abed put all this stuff into this thing just for the two of them. 
And then Pierce yeah. hears about it and is jealous and decides to <laughs> react. And Pierce walks into the room while they're preparing. You know, they're talking about their models and how they've like sectioned off the school into areas. And Pierce walks in with this tiny gun. I love Troy's line. I hope that's the tiny gun that you throw at us to confuse us while you grab the giant gun that's duct taped to your back. Pierce shoots them both in the eye and they freak out. And it's <laughs> pepper water and it hurts it's miserably. No and it's Pierce, especially if this was just like the two of them doing something, Pierce just wanted to come ruin their fun real quick, drop the gun and leave. And well, and again, even like the way I looked at it was Pierce has probably never been in a water gun fight. And so he's like, oh, we're in a war. I got to win this. I got to win so this let me shit. put water that's going to do some damage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that we get so many classic Donald Glover freakouts in this episode. And there's one more for good measure. Yeah. This one's one of my favorites. <laughs> Who puts pepper in water? <laughs> And Abed's just like, he puts his face down on the floor and he's like kicking his legs up and down. And that's where this great episode ends. Uh, I think it's hilarious from front to back. I think it does great things for the Chang character, for the Jeff character, and for Choi and Abed's friendship, even though it's hard to see them at odds. It yeah. does a lot to develop their friendship even further. Totally. E- easily one of my favorites of the season. All this being said, who is your MVP this week, Steven? This week, I it wasn't that hard a decision for me, actually. I mean, there were a couple people who I think definitely shined. I think honorable mention goes to Jeff. But my actual award is going to go to Abed. I think Abed gets MVP because really? he... Yeah, he's my MVP this week because he called Troy to action on their friendship. He's like, you know, I, I would put myself on the line, face my fears for you. And he kind of demanded a little more respect than he gets a lot of the time. You know, Abed is the tag along, you know, down for whatever, but he needed help and he and he asked for it from his friend and i think that was good he gets some bonus points because his singing was able to you know he was able to hold his own with troy so yeah not too shabby you know that's a thoughtful choice not one that i thought of it kind of reminds me of i'm pretty sure abed was my mvp in the episode where he stays for annie at the social experiment yeah he's just a good friend and he's there for his people no matter what i kind of did have trouble deciding between people because i think so many characters shine in this episode Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to have to give honorable mentions since you did to Jeff, who I think they're really starting to figure out that right balance of likability and smarminess. Yeah. Um, second honorable mention to Troy, just for being hilarious the whole episode. I just couldn't give it to him because of how mean he is to Abed. Exactly. And so my MVP goes to Ben Chang. Nice. Uh, this is the first spotlight for him. And I think Ken really took advantage of the screen time he's given in this episode to yeah. really eat up those pauses he took and his line deliveries and the dancing. I don't like that scene where it's a little weird racially charged insults towards Shirley and Troy. But, yeah. you know, to an extent, you can write some stuff off like you can with Pierce where, like, you know, Chang's going to Chang. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think Ken did a great job with the episode, and I think he was the highlight for me this week. Nice. I I don't disagree. So, yeah, that wraps things up this week. Uh, It's a great episode, and I'm really happy to have you enjoyed this one. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. We sure enjoy doing it for you. Make sure to hit us up on all the socials. Next week, I believe, is the politics of human sexuality. That sounds about right, because I think that's the next one we did. So if you want to get invested, uh, send us some trivia questions without the answer to see if you can stump us. That was a lot of fun this week. Yeah, it was. It was cool kind of getting, you know, thrown questions from, from not us. 
Yeah, and go ahead and email us. And if you just have anything to share about that episode or anything you want read out on the show, we'd be happy to hear it. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter is You Can't Disappoint. Instagram is Can't Disappoint Podcast. Uh, we have a yeah, lot of like fun us over on there. Facebook mm-hmm. uh, at You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. We're yep. also on YouTube. Thanks for watching. Is that just your thing now? You just like to infuriate me with that. Listen, I just want to shout out the YouTube community, Zach. It's been great talking to you guys. Steven, do you have any final words for the fine people who have made it this far? Thanks for sticking sticking with us. And if you haven't watched this episode in a little while and you're listening to um, to our episode, please go back and watch this episode. It's so funny. Yeah, it's and, a great laugh. Uh, I think you'll really appreciate, you know, checking it out right now. Also, please wear your masks when going out in public. Absolutely. Just, Absolutely. just, to, just to really hammer it home. Please. <laughs> Please do it. Just do it. It's been great talking to you guys. Thanks for being a part of the show, and we'll be back with you next week. From inside the Dreamatorium, this is Zach. This is Steven. And this has been You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Also, go watch American Tale. Somewhere I probably won't. Somewhere out there, love will see us through. You just play it out there. no more 20 page essays due on monday so it seems like he's like congrats or he's like thankful mm-hmm. that jeff did this but then he's mad about it oh wait no never mind never mind scratch everything i just said you cut out Je- for a second so I hear you really said. mad at jeff he just now is like now that i've got what i wanted now that i got my wife oh back, no come on we're at the end at we can do this like we can do this on my on my I can't hear you, you know, at like, all, even though. Even though Chang was so willing to give up all of his dignity to give Jeff grades for in turn for friendship, which was Chang's idea, now he's mad at Jeff. Oh, no. I've got nothing it. from you, Zach. You know? Now he's like... Oh, boy. No, Zach. Don't, not to be confused with Prozac. <laughs> Is there anyone here? And I guess I'll wait for you to call me back. I'm still recording. Ooh, isn't it alarming? Oh, Zachary Pruitt's online. Oh, no. Oh, no, your phone died. Good gracious ass is bodacious.